Live Above the Noise, the Choiceful Family Project. Welcome to Live Above the Noise, the Choiceful Family Project. I'm your host, Wayne Yurcha. Our digital world brings us many benefits, but it also exposes our children to an addictive and toxic mix of tech, media, and consumerism that harms their healthy development and undermines their happiness. To better navigate the ever-increasing pressures and challenges of this accelerating digital world, today's children and families need to develop a power we call choicefulness. Choicefulness is a power built on a new and different set of skills, skills specifically designed to protect and prepare our children for a fulfilling future in the age of noise. So if you're a parent looking for new ways to engage with your children, motivate your children, and prepare them for a positive future, we have created this podcast to help you. Thank you for joining us. This is episode number nine. And just a quick review, episode one through eight lay the foundation for choicefulness by covering important topics such as the high brain, the cycle of noise, and time design. Starting with this episode, episode number nine, we move on to helping families develop life choice skills. And if this is the first episode that you're listening to, we suggest that you listen to the episodes in order, if you can, because each episode does build upon the preceding one. But wherever you want to start, we're happy to have you with us. And to guide us in this process, I'm here with my friend and podcast partner, developmental and educational psychologist and kids media expert, Dr. Rob Breyer. So let's get started. Rob, today is a really exciting day because, as I mentioned, today we're going to start getting into life choice skills, which we describe as a critical set of proactive self-management skills specifically designed to help families better navigate the ever-increasing pressures and challenges of our accelerating digital world. So my question for you is, How did you come to develop these life choice skills, these self-management skills? And why do you think self-management skills are so vitally important for families today? Well, my understanding and research and own personal experience in my own life was the catalyst for looking carefully at what were the critical things along the way that I understood about how growth occurs, and how growth was occurring with students that I was teaching. And the critical thing was the self-reflective skill, the ability to think about my own thinking. That's self-management. If I don't have that skill because I'm absorbed in other things and I can't spend the time in managing myself, I don't have the power I need to succeed and fulfill my life. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. To gain control in this world, you need self-management. Self-management allows you to manage the world outside you as well as inside you. And without those self-management skills, you cannot get to where you would hope you would be someday in the future. You absolutely cannot reach that goal. And so understanding that from a personal point of view, from experience with students, and from looking at what's breaking down currently in society and how tech media and consumerism has affected that, it's 
the thing that needs to take place now is a shift toward those kinds of skills. Well, our kids are going to school, which I think every parent hopes will prepare them for the future. Are these kind of skills being taught in school? Well, no, not at all. And in fact, the the testing movement in this country is really geared to memory and lower skills for the most part. And the higher critical thinking skills are necessary for self-management. So I have to develop the inside communication skill in order to self-manage. I have to know who I am, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. I have to develop that skill. So if we have an educational system that is testing, 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 we're not developing that skill as the most important skill to counter what's going on in society today. And uh, in fact, much of education has already bought into the external communication, the outside communication by supplying more computers and using them in the classroom without developing the balance between that and the inside communication. So it's going to be up to the parents to give the inside communication priority, not the educational system as it currently is structured or in terms of its current worldview. So how does lacking this inside communication skill, which is a self-management skill, relate to the problems that parents are dealing with in their kids' use, misuse, or overuse of tech media and consumerism? Well, what we're seeing happening is that if I am distracted by things going on around me, by tech media and consumerism, I have a choice to either pay attention to what it is that drives me, my needs, my wants, my motives, what I love, what my passions are, which is basically communicating with myself inside, or I have a choice of spending my time and energy on the outside of me, paying attention to what others want me to do and what the consumer world wants me to do and how manipulation of my drives and needs and wants is occurring based on what's going on outside. So what we're seeing today is to the degree that this outside communication that's based on tech media and consumerism continues to escalate and the power continues to grow and the manipulation continues, that what we're doing as people is we're being drawn outside ourselves to that outside communication and we're losing our inside communication. We call this the center point which is the ability to move inside and outside and communicate with yourself on the inside and outside. This is the key critical difference in this period of our time right now because the outside communication is becoming more compelling and also drawing us away from our inside communication. You see hundreds of examples of this. You know, especially if you're a teacher and you're, you're in a classroom and you see students struggling with something that takes inside communication that in the past used to be relatively easy. Do this assignment. Here's something that you can do. Figure this out. Pay attention to a creative act. Do some critical thinking. And what you get often, even at a university level, is that's hard. That's hard. That's an amazing thing that's happened because basically what they're saying is inside communication, which we talked about in earlier podcasts that occurs by the brain 
rewiring all the time and building that inside communication. Inside communication becomes harder, more difficult, and it's not as fun as outside communication, which is entertainment oriented. So this center point of being able to move into inside and into outside at will is really being shifted more toward the outside. And this becomes a major problem in society because you lose the tools that are necessary for the future if you're not paying attention to what's going on inside you. So what you're really saying then, I think, is that by not really knowing ourselves, we're more susceptible to the influences that are trying to manipulate us. And in addition to that, by not knowing ourselves, we're giving up the opportunity to develop our own unique potential and those types of things that lead us toward our own individual happiness and meaning and fulfillment. Is that what you're saying? That by being so drawn to the outside, we never actually get to know or follow who we really are? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so society has created the outside communication as what's good and the inside communication as relatively unnecessary. And it's only a percentage of people that are starting to understand that their stress and anxiety can be altered if they develop those inside communication tools. But in general, society does not promote that. So this is the absolute core necessity now is to understand this center point shift and be able to work on those inside tools so you can develop everything that's possible within your full potential. So along the lines of this inner communication, the first life choice skill is what we call center point communication. So can you give our listeners a little bit of an introduction to center point communication and why that's so important and why that's the first skill that we'll be talking about? Yeah, so one of the things that we can think about is children have this intuitive, natural sense of play. And when they're young, they play by themselves. They can fantasize. They can go inside. They don't have the higher developed reflective skills yet, but they do have the skills to take themselves into their inner world, their imaginative world, their creative world. They have those skills. And that's inside communication. That should stay with you all the way through life if you can maintain that inner sense of play, imagination, critical thinking. If you can maintain that, then you have the chance to be successful and fulfilled in life. So the center point, think of it as a horizontal line. On the left side of the line at the end is your inside communication. On the right side of the line at the end is your outside communication. The center point is a giant dot right in the middle. Now, what you want to do as a parent and as a human is understand that you have both tools available. You can go to the left to inside or you can go to the right to outside. If you look at somebody that hasn't developed any form of balance, somebody could be living on the inside communication. That dot could have gone all the way to the left and they're staying at home. They're self-absorbed. 
They don't communicate with anybody. All they do is think about their own life. They may be narcissistic or self-centered. So the center point has shifted too far to the left, and they don't have the ability to deal with people. On the other hand, if the center point shifts all the way to the right, and you're outside yourself, you're dealing with the outside world, and you lose the ability to get back to the middle and to move to the left, you don't have that skill left, then that doesn't work either. So what we're going to be advocating is a very simple idea, which is horizontal line, inside communication to the far left, outside communication to the far right, develop both of those skills. That's called your center point. And as you grow older, you maintain the things that you start with, the ability to have fun, to play, to be imaginative. And you add to that your additional external sources of communication as you grow older and older. But you don't lose that inside communication. So for kids today, where their behavior is being shaped and influenced by consumerism and tech and media, what's happening to their center point communication right now? Well, just think of screens in general. Screen is outside you. You're looking outside you. Whatever's on that screen is giving you the information. It's outside communication. So if you're spending six, seven, nine hours a day on a screen, you're spending that time communicating with the outside world. In that period of time, do you shut down a little bit? Do you understand? Do you reflect? Do you turn it off? Do you spend a little time balancing the inside communication? Or are you spending time all day long on games and entertainment and what it is that the money machine wants you to spend time on in order to manipulate you into buying things that are on the outside. And that's the consumer world. It's all about getting you to pay attention outside yourself and purchase the things that someone else is designing for you, which is the design to make them money. What if I'm happy that way? What if I think I'm happy that way? We have this uh, this friend, a young guy who spends hours and hours and hours gaming. And, you know, if you were to talk to him, he loves gaming. I mean, he loves it. He probably knows he's addicted to gaming as well, but he loves gaming and he would fight you to ever take that away. And so his parents uh, have talked to me about, you know, what do they do in this situation? But for him, He doesn't have a problem with that because he's so immersed in this. So if somebody doesn't think they have a problem, why is it a problem? How old is this gentleman? Uh, 16. There you go. Okay, so he doesn't know he has a problem. And he will pay a dramatic price for that if he continues that pattern of wiring his brain to outside communication. Because he'll find out when he goes to get that job when he's 21 years old, And the skills that have to do with inside communication have not been developed. They're not wired in appropriately. And that's what we're seeing with employers. They're saying, I don't want to hire 20-year-olds that don't have leadership skills, uh, self-reflective skills, skills that allow them to be creative and critical thinkers. They don't have those skills. So therefore, they're of no value to my company. This is happening on a massive level. I read a new article today, and it was talking about millennials. I think it's profoundly important with regard to what's going on with millennials. So the article had to do with this idea of free choice 
And the ideas of saying that freelancing is the the thing that we all want. We all want to be independent, free, and freelancers. Well, the article showed that 42% of millennials now are freelancing. But if you ask millennials, hey, isn't this great? You're free. You're freelancing. You have autonomy. They're saying, no, it's not working that way. We don't have a choice. We have to freelance. Why? Well, because the jobs aren't available. But that's not what's really happening. It's that my skills are not available to get the job. And so what they're neglecting to understand is like when the employer goes to hire them, they're looking for a different set of skills. If those skills are not available because I spent my life gaming or six hours a day playing games, I'm making trade-offs. It's science. It's not my opinion. It's the brain wiring itself and rewiring itself to outside communicate. And that's not enough. It's got to be able to wire itself to inside and outside flexibility. Okay, so that was a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old dealing with a situation where they are now addicted to gaming or whatever. Many times for a young girl or a young woman, it's going to be social media that they're addicted to. But let's just say that you're talking about a three-year-old or a four-year-old. Now, the recommendations would often be don't allow them to use tech. And I think that's great. But the world around them continues to use tech. Tech is everywhere. So how do you develop at those earlier ages the protective qualities so that kids don't go down the road of overuse and excessive use and addiction and get into toxic tech media and consumerism? How do you do that? Well, I think one of the things that needs to be understood, if you understand that center point communication is the goal and tech is occurring in the world outside you, then the compensatory strategy is to begin as early as possible, balancing that with something on the inside. So that's why entertainment is a good solution, because you have good stories, you have good books, you have good videos, you have good forms of screen time. But those forms of screen time are not being used to develop that inside communication. They're sitting there as outside communication. I don't recommend tech time for younger kids. When you mention three-year-olds, I'd say stay away as, as long as you can, unless you're very, very selective about how you use something that you can translate into inner center point communication. And that's very doable if you will understand where the power is of the entertainment or the story, especially stories. So if your child loves a character, that to me is a wealth of richness. Whether that character is on an outside screen or that character is in a book, it's like, what do you do with the character? Do you allow your child just to love the character? Or can we do more with that character? Can we do things where we ask questions? What would that character think? What would that character do? What's that character feeling? How would he handle this situation? All those things are possible working off of something that is already very, very valued and very compelling to a child. 
But if it sits there and it's simply a matter of becoming outside communication with no additional agenda placed on the use of the character, then you don't get the value that's possible from the entertainment medium. So at very young ages, there's a lot of things that can be done with stories and characters and plots and themes where the child is involved in helping you create something new or understanding something from their inner communication. These are things that the parent has to guide, aren't they? Yes. You can't just rely on the fact that you're buying some app and that it's supposed to be good for your child. You, you just can't rely on that. No, that's not the way to do it. I think that in terms of the steps that you take, the, the step that's missing is the first step, which is like that we have two ways to communicate and the power of the outside communication must be balanced with the power of the inside communication. As long as that step is not in place and there's no awareness of that and we're still buying into the worldview, the consumer worldview, that it's outside you, that it makes you feel good if it's outside you, that has to be changed. That's the first step that you must take as a parent is understand you need to create some form of balance between inside and outside communication. Now, that's what we'll be doing in a number of our activities. They'll all be geared to create a better sense of balance between inside and outside communication in the future. So what you're saying is that our children are growing up without the ability to balance themselves. That's exactly what I'm saying. And it doesn't hit until till you get out of high school. And now you're out on your own. Now you're supposed to be autonomous and go find a job and have the skills necessary to find that job and create your future and enter the future in the way that you hoped you would, that your goals and objectives would be met. If you can't do that because those skills are not developed, you're sitting at home wondering, what do I do now? I can't get a job. I'm on my own. But the part about that that's so tricky is you don't even have skills. You have to be creative. You have to understand yourself. You have to be able to figure out what your best qualities are and how to develop those things. And at the same time, you're stuck without those skills, period. You are stuck. So fulfillment then is at risk. You take jobs, uh, whether it's a, you know a side job, a substitute job to get by, and at the same time, there is pain underneath that because of the lack of fulfillment. And we're seeing that with regard to suicide, depression, and anxiety in the culture. We're seeing it among youth much more. So it's all showing up and we're seeing it happen in front of us. And at the same time, the solutions that are being offered are not adequate enough to understand how this really works and what to really do. Well, I just read an article today, actually, and it was talking about uh, intensive parenting. It was uh, sort of explained how over the last number of decades, the type of parenting that parents do changed from the 1970s up to the 80s, 90s, etc. And that now parents are spending far more time intensively parenting their kids than they ever did in the past, simply because they are concerned that the kids will not have the skills to get where they need to go to have a happy and fulfilled life. So 
parents are spending more and more time parenting, and yet it seems that things are going in the wrong direction. The kids are becoming less and less prepared while the parents are trying harder and harder and are basically becoming burned out doing it. So what are these parents not understanding in order to have this situation exist? Well, that's the whole point of being choiceful because choicefulness is a funnel that starts with awareness at the top, moves down into ability, and then down into control. I think a high percentage of parents are advocates of technology as a symbolic representation of intelligence. My kid is very good at tech, therefore my kid is very smart. If that is a worldview in our culture, the technology equals intelligence. What that eliminates then is emotional intelligence or what we're calling the center point communication. It eliminates it because it says it's okay to spend their time on tech outside because that makes them smarter. So question really remains, what is it that you're going to help your child shift? What is it that's the important thing to spend your attention on and figure out ways to get them to move toward? And I would make a case for it's about creating choicefulness by shifting the center point communication so that they can be more aware of what's going on inside and outside, develop the abilities that move them into the future based on that awareness, and through those abilities, gain more control and fulfillment in their inside life and their outside life. So next episode, Rob, what are we going to do? What's the plan for the next episode? Well, we've emphasized this idea of inside and outside communication. We've talked about how important it is as a parent to understand how a child can develop the ability to balance those two. Now it's time to begin a set of activities and skills that give parents a way to understand a little deeper about how do I do intercommunication? Of course, this will be relative to age, so we'll pick certain ages and stages and we'll point out how that might work differently for different ages and stages. And so that's where we're headed next, which is to focus a little more on balancing inside and outside communication. Well, thanks, Rob. And I also want to tell our listeners that next episode, we'll also be talking about the unique approach that we'll be using to help parents engage and motivate their children to develop life choice skills. And that is something that we mentioned in episode one. It's called the Entertainment Playbook. It's a family-friendly method that you develop, which is based on your 40 years of work and research at the top levels of the kids' media and entertainment industries. And I think that'll be really interesting for everybody to hear about. So until then, thank you for listening and live above the noise. Hello, everyone. If you'd like to get our email update about new episodes, tips and tools, and all the latest information, please sign up for our Noise Watch update on our liveabovethenoise.com website.